Hi, I'm Rob from RobinFerrett.com and welcome to SCL, the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. This is episode um, 242 for the 11th of October 2014. Got a bit of a shorter um, episode this time because I haven't got that much to talk about. Um, but I did want to tell you about, we've got a new uh, assignment over on the Flickr group, which I thought was quite important, and one that we can all get our teeth into. I know they've been a bit of a challenge this year. I know I've found them really difficult as well. Um, but anyway, let's start off with a quick recap about what I've been up to over the last couple of weeks. If you've been keeping an eye on um, the YouTube channel, you'll know that I've done numerous field tests and field trials with my um, new Think Tank Photo Retrospective 30 camera bag. And also, I've kind of been revisiting the 40mm f2.8 Canon EF lens and the 50mm 1.8 uh, EF Canon lens. And so, I went down to HMS Alliance, which is the submarine museum uh, down, down in Gosport, where they've got the big submarine uh, out of the water. And I kind of did two videos for YouTube at once. Um, I was kind of doing a field trial for the Think Tank Photo Retrospective bag. And also, I took three lenses. I took my 50mm 1.8, I took my 40mm 2.8, and I had the 70-300 as well, IS lens. With the idea of shooting for a little bit with the 40mm, say 10 minutes shooting for a little bit 50, with a 50mm lens, just to get a feel of them. See, if you were thinking of buying a budget prime lens, a Canon one, I guess the same probably goes for Nikon ones and, and the other makes as well. Now, what should you be looking at, especially if you've got a crop sensor body like my Canon um, 600D? Because lots of people, including myself, you know, I've talked about the fact that once you've got your kit lens, your 18 to 55, and then you've got a zoom like a 55 to 250 or 70 to 300, something like that, the next lens you really want to buy is a nifty 50, an F, uh, a 51.8, because they're the cheapest lenses you can get, um, and uh, you get excellent depth of field depth of field um, out of them in terms of small depth of field and, and low light performance but when I got my 600d at Christmas I was lucky enough to get a free 40 millimeter lens with it and I use the 40 millimeter an awful lot for doing video I mean if you're watching this video on YouTube right now and I might put it up on YouTube I'm not sure but if you are this video is recorded with my Logitech C920 webcam um, because I need to do a long video and the 600D can only record for about 10 minutes. You've got to reset it, you know, and, and it's all a bit of a pain. So I tend to use the webcam for, for recording um, for recording the podcast. And that's why you don't always see the podcast on video, because they don't always work properly, because the C920 is terrible at, um, at, at lip sync. On longer files, it tends to lose the lip sync, which um, which is no good at all. But anyway... So I use the 40mm for video on the on the, uh, on the 600D an awful lot because it's at f2.8. It's nice and fast for video um, because I shoot my videos in, in tricky lighting conditions, basically in our lounge with some daylight bulbs shining on me, which isn't the best thing. And also, it's better than the 50 for video because of the angle of view. If I use the 50 and I want to do kind of headshot videos where I'm trying to talk into the camera, reviewing something or talking about something. With a 50, I've got to get the camera an awful long way away, probably about 10 feet away, which means that I can't really see myself in the flip around screen and see you know, and see what's going on. But with a 40, I can bring it that much closer. So I'd use the 40 basically for that. But I tell you what, it really opened my eyes going for a walk where I was trying the 50 and trying the 40 and swapping between the two about which prime I think is probably better for walking around and definitely hands down 
you know if you're thinking about getting a budget canon prime lens and you mainly do kind of wandering around photography maybe landscape but you know urban stuff get the 40mm f2.8 STM lens because it is really good it's so light on your camera and one of the things I I think um, makes it stand out is the, that STM the silent um, I'm not sure what it stands for but the silent focusing motor which I think if you get something like a Canon 600D or the later Canon DSLRs the, the, the live autofocus is much better um, and so it can autofocus during video but that's why it needs to be silent so that you can't hear the motor clacking backwards and forwards and yeah I, I almost really guess kind of fell in love with the 40mm as I was using it because it was so light so quiet um, remember on a on a crop sensor body like my 600D or a 60D or the equivalent sort of thing this is not a wide angle lens it is a telephoto lens if you take into account the crop fa factor it's more like a 60mm lens but what that does is when you have a 60mm when you have a, a slightly telephoto lens it forces you to take I think more unusual looking photographs because you can't take postcard shots you know wide angle shots because you physically can't do it you can't get back far enough um, and I enjoyed shooting with the 40mm 2.8 enormously. Um, and so, yeah, if you're thinking about getting a prime for your Canon lens, for your Canon camera, and you're thinking, should I get the 50 or the slightly more expensive 40? If you're mainly into walk-around photography, I would say, excuse me while I have a little drink, definitely get the, the 40mm 2.8. Now, if you're mainly into portrait photography, then get, get the 1.8, the 50. But the disadvantage of it disadvantages of that particular lens are i think that it's particularly noisy the autofocus is very very slow and the angle of view is even more restricted than 40 which can lead to very interesting photos but especially when you're wandering around sometimes you do want something a little bit uh, wider so yeah so 50 versus 40 i'd say go with the 40 now think tank photo retrospective um camera bag I was really lucky I reached out to think tank photo um, I think it's a couple of months ago now I said look could you any chance you could send me a, a bag to review um, so I can sort of share it with the podcast listeners and, and the people who watch on YouTube and they said yeah no problem and I ended up getting the think tank photo retrospective 13 I've got to say it is a fantastic bag so if you're in the market you're thinking about getting a camera bag in the near future have a serious look at the think tank photo products because they're I guess they're all very good. I've only got experience of the, the Retrospective 30. But what I particularly liked about the Retrospective 30 before I got it was I wanted a bag that didn't look like a camera bag. And the Retrospective 30 doesn't. It's like this bluey grey colour. And it's made out of this heavy cotton material. So it looks, as people kind of remind me, it looks more like a day bag <laughs> Or a nappy bag, a diaper bag, you know, something that you would have lots of different things in, you know, a bit of a man bag, that sort of stuff, um, which is the look I was going for. Because if you're wandering around, a, you know, a big city or, or anywhere these days with a thousand pounds worth of camera kit in your, in your bag, you don't want to draw attention to yourself, do you? Well, I don't think you do. And that's why I wanted the, that sort of camera bag. And what is great about the Retrospective 30 is you can fit loads of kit on it. And if you go to YouTube and check the Check the, uh, the the YouTube uh, videos. I've done uh, a few videos about it where I show you all the stuff you can fit in. In fact, I'll put some notes in the links on robnumphoto.com to SCL episode 242. You can fit loads of stuff in there. You can fit a camera body with a lens on, um, telephoto lens, 50, the 40, a spare camera body with a battery grip on, 
a couple of flashes you know you can fit enough in there to get you to a major photo shoot with spares you know like a wedding or something like that or a photo shoot um no no straps or anything for tripods um but or light stands but you know you would carry them separately and so it's not only a bag that can take an awful lot of kit can carry a lot awful lot of kit um, which is dangerous as well. You know, you have to be careful. You have to make sure you don't overload yourself when you're going out just for a normal photo walk when you're out for the day. Because you can with a retrospective 30. That's why I wanted a bigger bag. Because my old low-pro photo run, although I love it, could only take a camera with a lens on and a spare lens and some accessories. I couldn't fit, <coughs> excuse me, any other lenses or even, you know, a flash with it. And the ret retrospective 30, you can, but you can fit a lot more. So you have to be quite disciplined in the gear that you take. But... I've been very impressed. It's very comfortable to wear. It doesn't look like a camera bag. Um, it's wearing in nicely. Again, the fact that it has it has this lovely kind of cotton cotton finish, and it's got more compartments and bits to store stuff inside than you could ever need. So, if you're after a camera bag that doesn't look like a camera bag, looks something that looks a little bit more um, disguise, maybe is the term. Then really have a have a good think and a good look at something like the Think Tank Photo Retrospective Thirty. Another thing that I've literally just done this morning, so I can't give you a complete review about it, but it seems to be going very well so far, is I've added another 4 gigabytes of RAM to my laptop, my Acer Aspire E1571. Um, I run um, Windows, is it 8.1 now? I don't know, 8.2, I don't know. It's, it's run, runs, runs Windows 8. Um, it's got 4, 4 gigabytes of RAM. It's a no-frills laptop, so it's not particularly the fastest thing in the world. It's got an Intel Core i5, but I've kind of always thought oh, it'd be nice to have another four gigabytes of RAM. And uh, I went on the Crucial Memory site, and they have this memory scanner where it will scan your system. It'll tell you, look, this is exactly the memory you need to get. You know, your computer, or in my case, my computer, can take eight gigabytes of RAM, and at the moment you've got one stick of four gigabytes in there. So just order a four gigabytes uh, stick and put it in. And so what I did. I reached out to Crucial and said, look, any chance I could, uh, you could send me some memory so I could do a video for YouTube. So I've done that this morning. It won't be up on YouTube yet if you're watching this round about the 11th of uh, October because it takes me a while to, to get the videos up. Um, but it was really easy to change the memory. Gosh, it was so simple. It took me 10 minutes, I would say, to take the back, back off the laptop, put the new, new uh, stick of memory in it and fire up the computer again. And everything seems that little bit snappier. Um, I think ultimately the problem with my laptop is is I think it's the um, graphics process is quite basic on it. Um, but hopefully when I start rendering videos, that extra bit of RAM should help me out with that. And especially on sort of day-to-day -day computing side of it, things like using Internet Explorer, uh, Internet Explorer, Chrome with lots of tabs open, it should go significantly faster. I'm, I'm looking forward to Lightroom and Photoshop and Picasa working faster too. And I think the list price on crucial's website for the four gigabytes of ram was 32 pounds which seems pretty reasonable to me um for something that you know is definitely going to fit your computer and you know and was really easy to fit another video i did this morning was that you'll that you'll be seeing over the next few weeks on youtube is i've done a guide a beginner's guide an introduction if you like to the pentex um k1000 35 millimeter film slr really popular um, film SLR this one they sold tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of these Pentax from about 1976 to uh, 1996 fully manual fully clockwork camera so it doesn't need any batteries to run it does have a built-in light meter so you know you can do through the lens metering um, rock solid 
All you do is you put the ISO of your film in and you set your aperture and you just the speed, you focus and you're good to go. And it sounds great. Um, and so I've done a beginner's guide to that, kind of intro an introduction to the K1000, you know, basic features, what to look for if you're buying one and you know the basics of using one too. So, new photo assignment. As you'll probably know, if you've been over to the Flickr group and checked it out, you'll know that uh, for 2014, our photo assignments are mirroring the Amateur Photographer of the Year competition. Now, I'm in no way associated with it at all, but I thought it might be quite fun to follow them through the year. And the photo assignment this month is the world in black and white, which, yes... I don't know about you guys but and girls, but I've had great trouble. You know, you, you think, oh, I can go out and shoot anything, can't you, when you've got an afternoon off. But when you're given a specific thing to, to capture, like um, uh, night photography, or I'm trying to think of some of the things, um, nature or something like that, it always seems like you, on that particular time when you're out shooting, you don't get any shots like that at all. But at least with black and white, you know, that, that could be anything. It could be macro, it could be urban, it could be landscape, it could be night, it could be day could be taken in your home it could be taken down the road so if you want to take part go over to Flickr find the robnonphoto.com group and um, there's links on robnonphoto.com www.robnonphoto.com on the right hand side remember it's free to join Flickr and I think they give you two terabytes worth of free photo storage now which is amazing um, and then you can um, stick the um, stick yourself into the Flickr photo group and add some photos to it and you can also uh, you know, have a go at the monthly photo assignment. It's not about entering a competition and winning or anything like that. It's just about getting you out there, maybe taking some different photos than you normally would. And to inspire you as well, if you're thinking, oh, wait a minute, the sun's out. I'm looking out the window now and the sun is out. Maybe I'll pack up my camera stuff. I'll jump in the car, I'll get on Shank's pony, run down you know, and take some photos and share them with the world. Um, and I can be inspired by other people as well. So there we go. Um, that's it for this month. Just a short um, podcast, but I wanted to uh, keep in touch with everybody. Thank everybody, as usual, for taking part in the Flickr photo group. Um, thank everybody for uh, posting on, uh, you know, putting comments on robnonphoto.com and on the YouTube channel. Really appreciate comments on YouTube as well and subscribers. Um, I can't thank you guys and girls enough for inspiring me to carry on adding, hopefully, content that is a little bit useful maybe a little bit entertaining um, to uh, to the kind of the big world of the World Wide Web. Um, and thank you awfully for downloading and listening to the podcast. My name's Rob from robnonphoto.com. You can email me, scalespeed at gmail.com with any questions or suggestions for the podcast or YouTube or the website. And hopefully, I'll see you again soon.